everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Thank you for joining us tonight on this broadcast that's put on by our nonprofit, SPED Homeschool. If you don't know about us, you can visit us at spedhomeschool.com. That's S-P-E-D homeschool.com. You can find a variety of resources to help you in homeschooling your struggling learner. And we are here to just empower you and equip you so that you can do it confidently. And and so we do this broadcast because we know that there's a variety of different things that parents often ask questions about when homeschooling students with different learning struggles. And this month specifically, we're focusing on those disses, dysgraphia, dys. <laughs> um, dyscalculia and um, dyslexia. And so tonight, specifically, we're going to be talking about dysgraphy. And I'm excited to introduce you to um, my guest, Sherry Dotterer. Is that how you say your last name? I guess that I didn't is correct. even ask. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's great. Um, Sherry and I met in June at a conference, and I'm so excited to finally have her on the show because she has a wealth of information on dysgraphia. And so, um, so I'm glad that she's with us. I'm also glad to see that we're already seeing viewers pop on. I know a lot of you um, put in to reserve your spot for this broadcast. So you're probably watching on YouTube. You could be watching on Facebook or you may be even watching on Periscope. Not many viewers there, but I know there are some. Um, but we just um, want to thank you for joining us and just know that you can be part of our conversation. Actually, we'll see your comments and your questions that you put in the feed wherever you're watching from um, live. And we'll be able to include those in our conversation. And we want to make sure that um, that we do that because um, you have taken the time to um, to watch this broadcast while it's being produced, um, which is exciting. So um, Creative Minds Homeschooling has already joined us and she's done a little wave. So we're going to wave back at you. Um, <laughs> and um, so, so Sherry, the topic tonight that um, you said that you wanted to kind of cover is dysgraphia. What is it anyways? <laughs> and I love that um, because a lot of us do wonder that. And um, I'm excited to hear all that you have to share. And um, I've already read through Sherry's book, by the way, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, Handwriting, the Body-Brain Disconnect. Um, you, it, There is just so much good information in here. And Well, well thank you. Thank you. Well, first of all, I'd like to say happy Learning Disabilities Month. It yes. is Invisible Learning Disabilities mm -hmm. Month. So any of those invisible disabilities that somebody has, that dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, mm -hmm. um, attention hyper deficit hyperactivity disorder, and all, mm -hmm. a lot of mental health uh, issues as well go into that invisible right. disability category. Yep. So happy uh, Learning Disabilities Month. So... <sighs> That so that's I just knew what needed to get that out of the way before we even uh, explain a lot of these disabilities, and yeah. it is it is a different sort of ability than what the typical uh, population is mm -hmm. is the, is the way is that the best way to to say that? I don't um, know if there's a best way to say anything in these yeah. days. <laughs> Somebody takes uh, offense or is it, happy with it all at the same time. What, <laughs> right. And what, what we said today might not work tomorrow, but right. um, so there's the three ma main invisible disabilities or specific learning dis disabilities are the dyslexia, 
the dysgraphia, mm-hmm. and the dyscalculia. And when you look at the DSM-5, the first two uh, descriptions really reflect effort in reading and mm-hmm. really difficulty with sounding out words and recognizing the letters. Mm-hmm. The second two relate to spelling and grammar and punctuation and sentence mm-hmm. structure and paragraph structure. The last two or the last, so there's a total of six, the last two really have to do with um, computations, number sense, uh, okay. mathematical mm-hmm. reasoning. So when the mm-hmm. DSM-5 was put together, they really separated and there's just two areas for each one of those disabilities mm-hmm. that they specifically talk about what are the disabilities. Now, okay. they also go on to just say that it is also when a child reaches their capacity to be able to do that activity. I keep Mm -hmm. bumping my microphone. Sorry about that audience. (laughs) Forgive me. So um, I just wanted to say that there is those specific pieces, but we're also Mm -hmm. talking about activity demand. And when that reaches Mm -hmm. that disability and that, that frustration level. And I think that is the thing that our young Readers see first is like, mm. how do I hold a pencil? I don't, I don't know what this, this thing is. I'm not quite sure what to do with it. And mm-hmm. of course, we are not explicitly teaching how to use the the tools that they need to be able to write in the classroom. Mm. When I say that, I'm talking like the public school classroom, which is not where your your uh, tribe lives, but mm-hmm. when we're looking at that public d- area, they're not explicitly teaching that. Hmm. So for your homeschool moms and dads, when you're thinking about handwriting, it really needs to be explicitly taught. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. the, this part is when they're really struggling to get the material down on paper. So there is multifaceted. It has right. to do with understanding where to put a letter on the piece of paper, mm-hmm. what tool you're using to write it with and how to hold it, what to do with lines or no lines on the paper, what to do with putting a couple letters side by side to make a word. How do you put a space in there? Mm-hmm. How, like all those things have to go excuse me, go through a child's mind just to be able to put a piece of uh, a letter on or a word or a sentence on paper. So it has to do with all of those aspects. Those are good points that you have because as parents, we don't process that that is all involved in that what we consider a simple process and Mm -hmm. all those things that kids have to have mastered or combined in order to make that work. Correct. Um, so, so thank you for, so, you know, elaborating sure. on that at the very beginning, because I think that wakes us up that this is, this is a conversation we all need to listen to um, because there, there's a lot of moving parts involved in here. I also yeah. want to thank Right Shop for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. I forgot to mention that at the beginning. And one question I have for you, Sherry, you mentioned the DSM. I know some parents don't know what that is. Can you give a quick um, explanation of that? Sure. Uh, The DSM is the Diagnostic 
and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders. It's kind of like the Bible of the psychology profession. Mm. And when what they've done is they've taken all of those little in, want innuendos and the, the all those little pieces uh-huh. and they've coded them kind of, and so like when you go to get a prescription from the doctor just happen to have mm-hmm. one right here they have that little code down at the bottom yeah the mental health has their own set of codes the Hmm. orthopedic doctors have their own set of codes. The neurology doctors have their own set of codes. And the DSM-5 is kind of like the the digital layout of, hmm. of what those codes mean. So it's a very expansive book and it goes into everything. But hmm. the section that I'm referring to is in the very, kind of in the front of the book. It's mm-hmm. under the developmental disabilities section. Okay. So this that I'm talking about is a developmental disability. Mm-hmm. It is not quite at the same location as somebody like that would have a, a attention deficit hyperactivities disorder. That's in a section mm-hmm. near it, but it's not in the same section as dysgraphia, which okay. really was one of the things that I was trying to delineate when I got started mm-hmm. working in this is, wait a minute, what is like the chicken and egg thing, which is right, coming first. Exactly. Is, yeah. is it this or is it that? And do <laughs> does everybody that have this have that? And I'm like, I, oh, I don't understand. So part of the reason I got into this in the first place yeah, is I was trying to a, figure out how to question. explain this to others. <laughs> and right. what was it? And, mm-hmm. and, and I wasn't getting the material from any of the other uh, therapists that I was working like they didn't really have a good clear answer so I was looking for clarity for myself so I could share it with others and next thing I knew I had enough material to uh, put it down in a book and <laughs> here I am a few years later talking with you and right. who would have thought that we'd be talking across state lines um, <laughs> and and goodness, I have, I've been on, I've spoken in Turkey from this seat right here. Wow. Um, I've spoken in Greece. I've spoken in Australia. It just blows my mind how the world of the internet has just mm-hmm. uh, brought us Connected together. Us. And, yeah. and all those, uh, all, all everybody's trying to learn from one another and mm-hmm. uh, really trying to help each other out. And it's just an amazing collaboration that yeah. the, the internet has provided us. Exactly. So I know you're very passionate about this topic. And I I also know that this passion kind of comes from a backstory. Can you share a little bit about that with yeah. us? Because yeah. um, that just lets our audience get to know you a little better and understand sure. who you are. Sure. So when I first became an occupational therapist, I managed to get through my undergrad. I got through grad school and I got my, I was out in the workforce and I kept getting fired. And I'm like, Hmm. what is going on here? Why? How can I have gotten this far in my life? And then when I get out in the workforce, I I get fired because of communication Hmm. or the lack of communication is more to the point. Okay. Um, and, 
And that was kind of one of those stepping stones as to what 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 is causing the chicken and the egg here. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I was looking at was I had this mom that kept saying, my child can read above grade level. Why can't he write? Hmm. And I went, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not quite sure I get that part because everything that I had heard about before was you can't read, you can't write. Right. There was no, you can do one and not the other. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even have any inkling at that time how math was mm-hmm. part of the process as well. So uh-huh. what I have learned as, since then is we have reading issues, we have mm-hmm. writing issues, and we have math issues. And mm-hmm. from a neurological process, we have this neuropathway going here. Uh-huh. We have this neuropathway going here. I don't have enough hands. We have this yeah. one going <laughs> over here, okay? Right. And at some point, they all have to go together and become one. Oh, and it wow. takes a delay. There is a delay in that connecting of the, hmm. the different pathways. So even though I had a child who was reading up here, Right. His writing was still down here because of other reasons. Mm-hmm. And it took me really studying it over a couple of years and studying him as well. Mm-hmm. Today, he is a senior in high school with a very minimal IEP. I, I am not positive, but I know mom was talking about the fact that they were converting it over into a 504 so okay. that by the time he graduates, that he will be able to enter college with mm-hmm. a 504. And what he is needing the 504 for isn't what we were working on in those early days. Mm-hmm. It is more just, I need a little extra time okay. yeah. to mm-hmm. complete things. I need a certain pen or pencil to be able to take my notes properly. Mm -hmm. Early on, it was literally having him under a blanket. Wow. With the paper in front of him, he would write in this enclosed environment that you could barely Mm -hmm. see him. (laughs) And we had... We had days when I would come to the house and he was inappropriately dressed. Hmm. And I'm like, um, you need to go to your room and get something different on because I can't be here. And, and he thought that meant I was going to leave. Hmm. Meant, no, I sat there until so that he would get used to the fact that I was not going to, to be uh, triggered by his inappropriate dress. Mm. And it took us a long time to get over that. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was my first kid when I started working in this field. And I would say he and his mom were the facilitators of why I am Mm. where I am today. And mom is now has her master's degree in special education He is going to be going into the military when he graduates from high school and his brother and his sister also have disabilities Hmm. and they are off doing amazing things in college. Hmm. So that's just to say, parents, even if it starts out with a struggle, 
they can progress to a point. It's just a little bit slower than yes. their other Thank students. You for saying that. Yes. Yeah. I think we feel now, like we're going to get stuck in yeah. that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if there is a neurological condition that's coinciding with it, comorbid, mm-hmm. there you're going to have that uh, problem as well going on. But mm-hmm. the dysgraphia piece really is one category of of the disability. It's not all of it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of ADHD, mm-hmm. um, executive function yeah. issues mm-hmm. coincide. Right. They are not the dysgraphia. They are the ex- they are the executive function from the ADHD. Mm-hmm. So I know one of the things that you were asked wanted to ask me about was the yeah. comorbidities and things like mm-hmm. that. And that right. would be the way I would summarize it to the simplest form is the the dysgraphia is the writing and the understanding of the writing piece. The executive functions are a totally different ballgame. Okay. And they are the ones that are driving the lack of writing. Okay. Yeah. So as far as symptoms, I mean, parents, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, my child has trouble writing. Is that the only symptom I'm, I'm having? I no. guess that there's not. <laughs> no. there's, what, what are? There, what are, there are several. For? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if to make it simple for you so that you have a visual, mm-hmm. if you go to my website at sherrydotter.com and go to the parent page, I have them listed there. But okay. in general, it is an inability to recognize letters and numbers. It is a difficulty with some kind of motor function. There might be an issue with memory. So I cannot remember that. Is that B going this way or is that B going that way? Hmm. Um, It could also be really an inability to recognize the spelling rules to create Hmm. words. So I have a lot of kids who want to spell the word enough, E-N-U-F. Oh, yeah. Because phonetically, <laughs> that's how you spell it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to work through that so we can educate them on the spelling rules. Then we get to sentence structure and paragraph formation. And we have all these little nuances pieces that go along with it. And one of the things that was really driving me with my student that I talked about Mm -hmm. was that he was having such trouble converting the phonetic spelling to the actual spelling. And I kept going, okay, what can we do with spelling? And I was drilling teachers and and, um, dyslexia tutors and all Mm -hmm. kinds of uh, people along the way. And nobody was giving me this a really good answer. And then the light bulb hit me. The light bulb was we have visual learning, we have auditory learning, but mm-hmm. there's one other kind of learning. I can't and that is the movement. Mm-hmm. And everything that I was coming up with when I was looking at remediation for spelling did not include number three. Mm. And I was like, okay, so how are we going to include movement? So I'm sitting here working on my book and I'm going, I need some kind of kinesthetic piece. How do I do a kinesthetic piece? 
And I began listening to Jim Quick. Hmm. Do you know who I mean by Jim Quick? I don't. It's K-W-I-K. He is a gentleman who is dyslexic, dyscraphic, and dyscalculic, has all three of them. And he was determined to learn how to read and to speed read to boot. So he has a program and he has taught many a actor how to get through the script in a short amount of time and memorize it. And he now gets in front of audiences and he will go around the room randomly to a hundred people and then verbatim in order and not get them wrong. Tell you everybody's name, those hundred people. And you're going, wow. "Wow." And he was, and he teaches you how to do these um, memorization methods. Hmm. And I had another student, not the one I was talking to you about, but another student and he was, having trouble with the the phonetic spelling as well. And I said, look, I was listening to this gentleman. He gave me two ways to do this. Let's try one and see if it works. And if that one doesn't work, we'll try the other kind, Mm -hmm. see if that one works. And if it doesn't, okay. But if it does, I want to explore this a little bit further. So method number one was a disaster. Method number two was like, why didn't you teach me that before, Miss Sherry? And I'm like, (laughs) because I didn't think about it before. And basically what I did was I created an alphabet. I call it the body sentence alphabet. Hmm. And you hold the book up again. It's on page 156 of that book. Oh, yeah. There we go. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it, Basically, I have a letter A with a movement that begins with the letter A. Oh, I, yeah. have I remember a, that page. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, you remember that now? Mm-hmm. So yeah. what I do is I I use a lot, utilize the word enough because that was the first one we started with. So, and I do it bilaterally. So one of the things when we're doing the, the education, I include both sides of the brain. So I am doing Mm -hmm. bilateral movement. In this particular instance, I am doing that parallel on the sides of the body. Some Mm -hmm. things I will do where I'm interlacing my hands. This particular one, I am just doing it. So temporarily, I'm going to remove because I don't want to hit my mic. So it's eyes, E, Mm -hmm. N, nose, O, open, under. And I do, I go back and forth just to, to do that and Mm -hmm. G forgive and then H is high fives. Mm -hmm. So I have the kids do that big, big movements. Mm -hmm. The idea then is by on Monday, it's big by Friday. It's all in their mind Uh so that they can take the spelling test. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we don't try to do, we don't do all of the spelling words because that is just too much for them to handle at one time. Right. Mm-hmm. We will take one or two and get them to really understand those. Mm-hmm. Then we get to add to it. Then we add to it. Another thing that we, we do is we have the spelling words from say the beginning of September mm-hmm. and we don't see them again, right? right. Well, I am constantly recycling back. 
So, yep. Mm-hmm. So I am constantly going back so that I am building on them and they are continually going through the ones that they have learned in the past. Right. And if they don't remember them, they get them more often. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if they're remembering them, they may not see it for a week or so and then it'll right. come back. So it's called um, uh, retrieval pra- practice where you're mm-hmm. increasing the length of time. Yeah. You also have interleaving, which is that interlacing the uh, old and the new together. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so um, make it stick. Mm. Uh, if you wanted to type that in, um, make it stick by Peter Brown is a great book that teaches a lot of those uh, cognitive strategies for the students. Okay. Yeah. That's some, some really good uh, It's Peter Brown and somebody else, but that's the only guy I remember at the moment. It's a blue book, I believe. Okay. And then um, we have it digitally, so I can't just pull it out for you. Okay. And and the other one you said was Jim Quick. um, And the other gentleman is Jim Quick, K-W-I-K. Yeah. So that's how I learned some of the the, these techniques that I was trying to help with these students accomplish that. And then my next thing was, well, okay, I'm an occupational therapist, so I'm helping with letter formation. How do I help a kid with sentence structure and paragraph structure. And mm-hmm. where do I draw the line as a therapist? Right, yeah, because oftentimes really... we just think handwriting. We we don't right. often go into that next phase of that dysgraphia right. can affect that as well. Exactly. And one of the things that I have found is kids that have a dysgraphia, including myself, I can't tell you what they are. I have to really think, I don't know what part of speech it is. Hmm. Um. I need to really think about it. And I have utilized that um, website, theverbs1.com, a lot because I can't tell you whether it's a noun or a verb, an adverb, an adjective. I understand the principles. Okay. But if I'm looking at a sentence, I can't tell you. And Hmm. I realized that the hard way when I was trying to help a kid. Oh. (laughs) I was like, this isn't working because I don't understand myself. So, and then, so color coding is the way I got around it. Um, It's teaching, uh, helping kids and always using the same color to go with nouns, always using the same color to go with verbs, always Mm -hmm. using the same color to highlight that. Now, then we get into those things like participles and clauses and things like that. And then I (laughs) go, totally, totally a new plane of confusion. So, um, so I understand the material that's out there, but don't ask me what it, you know, if, mm-hmm. and people say that my writing is not flowing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got dysgraphia. <laughs> I, I admit it. Uh, yeah. And I am doing, doing the best, but I'm getting the, the point across and, mm-hmm. and, people are understanding. So yeah. have you had any questions come in? I'm, I'm like I, been looking kind no, of. And I, I haven't yet, but we're about okay. at half time. And since we're kind of at a break, I think we're, we'll take our break right now to hear sure. from our sponsor. And then we're going to dive into some of the questions, unless those of you that are watching have some questions for us. Um, we have Karasu the Dreamer says, I have dysgraphia myself. And, and I'm curious, Karasu the Dreamer, um, how old are you? Are you an adult or are you still in school? Um, we'll have to wait. 
What was that resource for nouns and pronouns? I didn't really give a resource for nouns and pronouns. Um, What I did was I looked on the internet and found a graphic, an infographic that had parts of speech. And I just utilized the, Mm -hmm. the, the infographic color that is there. Like there was one that was eight parts, 24. So are you in school? Or are you uh, out of uh, college? I don't know if she is. So hopefully, Paulina, I was able to help you uh, with that uh, question that you had there. Yeah, those infographics Um, are great for kids. You know, I find that any visual I can put up in my house when I was teaching my kids and homeschooling, those things, they looked at them all the time and it was Mm -hmm. extremely helpful. Yeah, there's one. There was one that that really goes into it in detail, and I'd have to go into the world of infographics to see if I can find it again. Uh-huh. Um, but the website, maybe for the verbs that you, that she might be asking for, was uh, verbsone.com. Oh yeah, that's the one you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that was the resource that that, that Paulina, Paulina is yeah. referring to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm currently looking at college, by the way. My pronouns are they, them. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm glad that uh, that uh, things are, are working for you. Um, yes. Yeah. She said it will be helpful. This is will yeah. help my son. He has dysgraphia. Wonderful. Wonderful. From Paulina. So, Paul, Paulina, I'd also like, is your book on over? Oh, you had to ask that question about Audible. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> no. And, and a part of it is my... There's a, there's a lot of pictures in this book. And and so I would recommend actually getting the book. I have to see if I can find... Um, yeah, there are a lot of pictures in the book. That yeah, was one reason. Things yeah, that was one reason um, of do, of not putting it on Audible. The second reason is that I have a little bit of dyspraxia with my oral speech, and I was afraid I'd be stuttering too much to get through it. Mm. Especially when I'm reading, when I'm talking with you, it gets much better. But if I'm sitting there reading, it doesn't work so well. Mm. So, and and I wanted to be able to read my own book. Um, So that is why it's not on Audible at this time. There's pictures and and I didn't feel like I could do it justice. So... Mm. I and I, my publisher keeps telling me I need to change that too. <laughs> so, <laughs> creative minds homeschooling, that's why. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, I'm going to give Sherry a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to do some more questions. Um, but if you have questions in the meantime, while I'm um, doing our sponsor spot, put them in and we'll, we'll come back and, and start with those. Otherwise, we'll start with some other questions that we've thought of um, before the show. And so um, I'll see you in just a minute, Sherry. And I'm going to pull up, let's see, the um, information for uh, Right Shop. And I just want to thank Right Shop for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Um, so Right Shop asks, how are your homeschooling lessons going for you? Are there tiered frustrations or long 
minutes staring at a blank piece of paper because I don't know what to write? Well, here's the solution, Write Shop curriculum. Finally, a writing program that understands the challenges of teaching writing. Write Shop has options for kindergarten all the way through high school with engaging step-by-step -step lessons. Write Shop gives students the necessary building blocks of the writing process so there's zero frustration. And Write Shop not only teaches kids how to write, it shows you how to teach. You'll learn to guide them through the writing process and inspire even the most reluctant writers. Parents rave about the results. Sherry in Florida says, I'm so pleased with Write Shop. My eighth grader, who was lukewarm about writing and really didn't write too well, is blossoming. Haley in California says, thank you very much for creating Writing Write Shop. It's been a pleasure to teach this curriculum and the results are phenomenal. Our son went from hating writing to asking for more. You can visit writeshop.com to take the placement test and to find out which level suits your child, tween or teen, with Write Shop teaching. Writing has never been easier. And we hear that from parents all the time. Um, and I just want to let you know also that Write Shop was actually created by a mother who homeschooled a struggling writer. So, um, so you will definitely not be alone in um, if you try out their curriculum because it was created with a child like yours in mind. <laughs> so thank you again, Wonderful. Right Shop. I've never heard of Right Shop before, so that you taught me something new. Yeah, yeah, they're an awesome company. They've been one of our partners since almost the very beginning of Spread Homeschool. So. Um, and so we are coming back now. We're, we're talking about dysgraphia. What is it anyways? And um, we're going to start off, I guess, one of our viewers just wrote a question. Do you have any recommendations for homeschool planning organizing? It's one of my biggest concerns with me being able to homeschool in the future since I struggle with handwriting. Um, there are a lot of organizers out there. Um, I don't know it just in general, as far as teaching organizers or, you know, just organizers for yourself. What have you found that works, Sherry? Um, cause I think for, for homeschooling, we can use just about anything. Um, are there, there, does do visual organizers work better for you or stuff on your computer, your phone? Uh, I have used many different varieties. Um, so when we're talking about organizers, are we talking about just keeping the day in order, you know, calendar wise? Are we talking about um, graphic organizers, which are helping the student with keeping their information together that they can they later produce some kind of written document. There are so many different variations on that theme right. yeah. that it's hard to answer that question. But I will tell you that the whole gamut of uh, Google products, Google mm. Keep, um, Google Calendar, and that you can put multiple calendars on one calendar, all mm -hmm. of the, the Google tasks and Google this and Google that yeah. have really helped a lot of students along the way. Hmm. Grammarly is another uh, oh, resource yes. that I absolutely love and help my students with. When I'm ha helping an older student, like middle school, high school, and we're really trying to create that essential paragraph or essay mm -hmm. or what have you. I like to use a digital graphic designer organizer because mm -hmm. a lot of them you can just keep adding, 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 adding. Right. Um, That's a good point. The one that mm -hmm. I have found that I 
have purchased for the year is MindMeister, but there's several of them that, that are out there that are just as good. I just found that I liked that one, um, but there's Google. So it's it's Google with a C instead of huh. a G. Uh-huh. Google, there is Ayoya. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that one. It's, <laughs> it's A-Y-O-A, I think it is. Hmm. Uh, there's So there's different, definitely different uh, ones that are out there. Um, you can start on the left and then can have bubbles on the right and then those bubbles can mm. have bubbles and then those okay. bubbles can have bubbles or you might have a central thought mm-hmm. and then you're going and have bubbles on all sides of it right. so that with the digitals that you can organize the the paragraph that way and mm-hmm. that even might help um Karasu, the the dreamer, uh, that might help you as you're thinking about college as well as to looking mm-hmm. at, at something like that um, the, the paper-based, uh, graphic organizers sometimes are really difficult for young students that are having trouble with dysgraphia because of the way they're created. They're not created with the adaptations for handwriting in mind. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the space is too small. Sometimes right. there's not the right li- writing lines available mm-hmm. for the student. Right. So that. I really am cautious when I use the paper-based mm-hmm. uh, graphic organizers because some of the ki- a lot of the kids that I see just don't get mm-hmm. them and, and are very frustrated by them because of the confined space. Right. Yeah. And I, I think then to, if, if you're thinking about how can I add to this and it's, there's the space isn't there, it almost makes it more limiting um, mm-hmm. on the student than actually helpful. Um, I just had my daughter because she has a lot of executive functioning issues. I'm like, try out a bunch of apps, see what works, delete mm-hmm. it if it doesn't work, put the next one on, try it. And because she's organizing a huge project this year and she finally found one she liked in the colors that she could like, you know, and, you know, Col- all these colors are, are a big important. thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, but uh, just taking but, the time to figure yeah, it out. This- so Caruso added, um, I was talking about myself as a homeschool parent. I think one of the things that you're going to find is color coding is going to be the thing that helps you the most. Um, p- potentially Google Calendar and having your different children in different colors or have multiple colors, yes. multiple mm-hmm. shades of colors for each one of your mm-hmm. students. Um, so, you know, if they have one kiddo that likes green, you have like three or four shades of green Mm -hmm. that are reflecting the subjects. That's a great idea. And then Mm -hmm. another kiddo might like red. So you have different shades of red, not getting into the pink, mind you, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) that are helping with the with those with the subject matter that might get too complicated if you do too much but there there's a suggestion is color coding it based on the the child yeah that's a great idea and i know in like google sheets you can you know pick from all those great Mm -hmm. different colors within the color and and and, um using an excel spreadsheet uh or, or a Google spreadsheet can help organize as well. Um, I know this isn't one that is as popular, but in Microsoft, they have the database program access. Mm-hmm. 
If you're Mm -hmm. feeling like when you're putting things in a spreadsheet that you might get them jumbled up because you might move a column, you know, sometimes that happens. Mm -hmm. If you put it in a database, it's not going to get jumbled up. Whenever you move line A, everything that's with line A is going to go with it. So that's Hmm. the big advantage of a database. And so keeping track of your or your students work that way might be helpful. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. Um, yeah, and, and OneNote or Evernote or those I complex those mm-hmm. um, that you can save the kids' work might be something else that would work as well. Mm-hmm. Google Keep might be okay, um, but I think um, OneNote is a little bit more robust. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of those out there. I've never even yeah. thought of using them more than just. I, know, I just went. Off, I just went <laughs> over the top. I probably have her like totally blown away and stuff. So I will stop. Okay. <laughs> so I know we wanted to also talk about um, other disabilities similar to dysgraphia, and you did mention it at one point in our first half an hour about students getting their D's and B's mixed up because of short-term memory. And oftentimes we associate that with dyslexia. Um, Are there overlapping things Mm -hmm. with dyslexia as well as other things that... So this is the way I, yeah, this is the way I distinguish it when I'm trying to help a parent out is reading is a sensory process. Writing is a motor process. So Mm -hmm. when you're bringing it in, you are... It's a sensory process. So are you recognizing that it's a B? Are you recognizing that the ball and the stick are in the right place? Or are they not even recognizing that it's a B? And they're going, I, it, it might be a B, it might be a D. So looking at from that oh, okay. perspective, that mm-hmm. sensory perspective, when you're going to do frequency or comprehension and you're speaking, that's actually also a motor process. That's oral mm-hmm. motor. Okay, so reading frequency, fluency, and reading comprehension really are a motor process that's oral. Okay. Anytime you go to put it on paper, that's when it becomes the written expression. So the difficulty with Mm. putting it on paper makes it the dysgraphia. So does that help distinguish where we go from one till we bridge over to the other? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like the visual you gave us at the very beginning with the, you know, the different hands, <laughs> all three, <laughs> I, and yeah. merging at the top. But yeah. that that makes it so much more understandable because we're like, well, isn't this one? Isn't this the other? And we want to separate them out, but how they all just kind of converge at some point and mm-hmm. we can see... Yeah. I guess the different faces of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, creative Minds Homeschooling is asking a question about the B and the D. And this is going to, because we're mirrored here in here, so it's going to be backwards. So forgive me for that. But what I do with the B, the D, the P, and the Q is I have them do exercises to a metronome. So I have a metronome on my phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I have a, uh, eight, an eight and a half by 11 sheet that is filled with just BDP and Q. Hmm. And I have them set up so that they're pretty big. So like 200 point font, I'm not even sure exactly. So I only okay. have four letters across the page, but I have the page filled. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so it's BDPQ. So we're just going to keep it in order just for the moment, okay? Because the B is with your left hand, and I might because they're mirrored, forgive me on the backwards mm-hmm. piece, but I can't do it otherwise. So <laughs> we have the B in the left hand. We have the D with the, the stick part in the right hand. The P is the left leg. The Q is the right leg. And we literally stand up and we march B, D, P, Q. And then the next line might be totally reversed. First, then we go Q, oh. P, D, so that we are totally um, going to a beat. So Mm -hmm. the product, if anybody has ever heard of them, Interactive Metronome has done a lot of research on Hmm. that rhythm and keeping the beat. Okay. You want to go about 60 beats per minute to keep it kind of slow. Okay. Okay. But you don't want it to go so slow that it's they're not getting into the rhythm. Right. Mm-hmm. But Interactive Metronome has discovered that there are some neurological diagnoses that will be advanced to the beat. There were some mm-hmm. that will automatically be behind the beat. Mm-hmm. There are some that will be right on the beat. So mm-hmm. helping the kids get to make that metronome beat mm-hmm. and work on the cadence a little bit will really help them get the idea. So they get that rhythm going in their head. Mm -hmm. And then when they go to actually do the writing part, it sticks a little bit better. So hopefully that will give you a thing. We also do the idea of BD, PQ. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. You make your bed and then clean up the sheets. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, that's great. (laughs) But... I do like the using the the metronome whenever mm-hmm. I can, and I don't always just use it with that one. I might use it with other activities, mm-hmm. um, crossing midline activities where we got we have to make X's like that that kind of and mark and go across midline. We oh, might okay. do that. So I try to use the metronome with different activities. Hmm. That's great. I, I know we're kind of diving into those um, those things that parents can do at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so what other adaptive strategies, though, might you have? Yep. For yeah, I'm, I'm moving struggle. things so I can get, get uh, something for it to show you. Doesn't matter what book it is, okay? I just happen to have this really intense book that Joseph Campbell created, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, that I have to read soon. <laughs> but it hasn't gotten started yet. You ever open this book? It's a crazy book. Anyway, <laughs> that's beside the point. But... Taking your fingers, you're going to be putting them towards your face so that the palm of your hand is away from you. Hmm. I know I'm trying to do this because you're. this will be on audio for some people. So right. I'm trying yes. to eliminate the idea of the visual. You're going to put both hands under the book so that your palms and your fingers are touching the book okay. and then put the book over your head. Hmm. Okay. From there, the kids are going to then... Walk on their tiptoes, walk on their heels, tiptoes, heels, like four and four, kind of back and forth Uh with that book over their head, with Hmm. that position. What that is doing is it is forcing their entire body into full extension. Uh What we're finding is that kids aren't 
in that elongated state enough. They're curled mm-hmm. up. Because of technology, they haven't stretched. And that particular position forces them to stretch. Huh. You're forcing your wrist into that full extension. Mm-hmm. So you're strengthening one of the, the culprits of kids not wanting to write is hand pain. So you're stretching oh, yeah. that muscle mm-hmm. back there so that you can then be able to use your your wrist a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. You could also flip it upside down. You have homeschoolers, so mm-hmm. you're not going to have like a whole classroom of kids doing this, but you can right. always do handstands against the wall. Yes. Which will do the exact same thing as the book. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to put your body in full um, elongation and Mm -hmm. you can then like try to do... Okay, so... Handstand (laughs) push-ups. Yeah, my brain went to um, Arrow and watching uh, Stephen Amsel doing those um, in in one of the scenes. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But that, that'll help. The, another exercise that uh, helps out kids is where you're marching and crossing midline. So left elbow to the right knee, right elbow to the left knee and marching back and forth and crossing mm-hmm. midline. Um, and then, oh, my brain just went blank. <laughs> there was a oh, third okay. one I wanted to share with you tonight. Uh, my brain just went blank. Blanks. It'll come back to me. It'll come back <laughs> eventually. Now you were talking early, very early on about the the boy that you helped um, doing his work under a blanket. Is, yes. is that something that parents should do if they have? And what? How does that help? <laughs> okay. So this child also had sensory processing disorder. Okay. So he was using that as a kind of a cocoon Mm -hmm. to have a deep pressure piece. He was also using it as a kind of like uh, the blinders on the side of a horse, Mm -hmm. kind of putting the blinders on, trying to avoid me (laughs) as part of it. Um, So we were doing a little bit of sensory avoidance. We were also doing Mm -hmm. a lot of sensory um, seeking because of the proprioception and the deep pressure. pressure. Um, So the combination of those things... may be happening with the kiddo. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on the the child, what's going on. Some days I would let it go. Some days, uh-uh, we're not doing this today. Mm-hmm. We need to come out and we need to be working like you would be in a classroom. Mm-hmm. And it depended on the rest of the situation that day. Um hmm. Honestly, sometimes it also depended on how I was feeling that day. Right. Yep. You know, we have to uh, understand that our own bias and our own um, cycle, honestly, that whole uh, PMS cycle had something to do with it. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Excuse me a moment. Yeah. So are there any other things that parents might want to try um, if they do have a a child who's struggling with writing that um, maybe could get them from where they are right now um, to to adapting you know you were talking about this is it's a process it's a process um break your crayons into little pieces Mm -hmm. i know we got parents that are just went (gasps) 
Yeah. I, I know it because I've seen it happen. But one inch crayons. Hmm. I don't have one here. So the only thing I have for you to, oh, this might work. One inch crayons are going to force the kids to have that pincer grasp along the crayon. Oh, yeah. So when they go to color, they're forced to use the two fingers, oh, which will be mm-hmm. in preparation for using the pencil. And then you put the third finger down just as a support. Mm-hmm. Another thing that can be done is this kind of a posture around the pencil. Huh. For those of you who will not be seeing this visually mm-hmm. later, spread your index finger and your long finger apart, put the pencil in between them, and then grasp it with both fingers so that the pencil is actually between your long finger and your index finger huh, never instead seen of on the left mm-hmm. side of your index finger. Does it help you control it better or is yes. it easier it just to pinch? Control- Yep. If you want to look it up, I believe it's called the Chinese grasp uh, on the internet. That might give you a visual for those of you who will not have seen the visual right now. Okay. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, I know we have about eight minutes left, so I want to make sure if there's anything else you want to share that you share that, and then we're going to make sure that people know where to find you and resources too. Well, I do have a course set up for homeschool parents. It's called the Daughter of Dyscrapia Toolkit. So if you go to my website and go to the parents page and then down underneath in the um, other available resources, that is you will get 14 weeks of information on on dyscraphia. We'll talk a little bit about some, it does, I must admit, it does have a twist towards school, but the Mm -hmm. information that is in there will be invaluable to you. And we go through all the different kinds of dyscraphia and go into Mm -hmm. interventions for each one. And I do talk a little bit about rhythm. I talk about exercises for the hands. I talk Mm. about um, memory strategies. I talk about the use of uh, assistive technologies and how to use the phone to be a resource that's positive for the student (laughs) throughout that course. So again, that's on my website um, and under the parents page. And then it's the Daughter Dyscraphia Toolkit. You can also go down to the black section at the bottom and find it down there too. Okay. All right. And for if you're looking or you're, li- I'm sorry, if you're listening to this broadcast, um, Sherry's website is C-H-E-R-I-D-O-T-T-E-R-E-R.com. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. My mom gave me that uniqueness and uh, I can't find anybody else that spells it that way and okay. has the, the last name daughter. So yes. Well, so you should be able to find me. It shouldn't anybody. be too hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is some frequently asked questions on the parents page for everyone. There's a lot of resources on that parent page that, that, uh, that you can, uh, look through. If you, there's also a way to schedule a consultation with me that you can, uh, that uh, you can uh, have a free one-on-one conversation with me if you look on that particular page as well. So look at that. That's the page I will uh, send you to. Um, 
Great. And then also your book. And my talk book. a little bit about that. And so hand handwriting brain body disconnect is the name. And it's available on your website, right? Right. It is available on my website. I do um United States shipments. Um but if you are international, then uh, you'll need to go to wherever your local bookstore is. It also, if you have a primary language as Turkish, it is also translated into Turkish. Wow. That's awesome. So yeah, that, that one blew me away that <laughs> that happened. But um, yeah, it, and it did. Cool. <laughs> I have a copy of it in Turkish. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, I definitely couldn't read it, but <laughs> no, I can't I, I'm glad there are many because this, this has been great. Thank you so much, Sherry, for all you've Thank had you. to share. I, um, I know it's benefited a lot of our parents. We've had many viewers on a few of them commenting. Um, Kara Stewart says, thanks so much. Bye. And you're, you're welcome. And so long, it was nice to get to know you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, you can find me, um, on Facebook. I have a page, like, I have a group, mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, and I do have a YouTube channel under Discrapia Consultant. Um, oh, and Instagram. I forgot Instagram. Oh, yeah. So I'm on there as well. Awesome. So basically just about anywhere. <laughs> anywhere but Pinterest. I'm really not on Pinterest. Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> It's a difficult place to be with all the different sized images. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, well, thank you, Sherry. Well, I'm I'm glad we met in June, and yes, that this was, to have this you was on wonderful. The show. Yeah, it was. A you're lot of you're fun. welcome, Paulina, yeah. uh, Paulina and Creative so Plans. Uh, you're welcome. So very helpful. So yes, I I agree, and um, we are going to continue this theme into the next couple weeks still. Um, Next week, my guest is from the UK. So we are going to do an afternoon show because, of course, if we did it at this time at night, she'd have to stay up all night long. <laughs> so we're going to talk about um, the hidden advantages of dyslexia and dysgraphia. And she herself struggles with both of these. And she's, she wants to share just how they have actually helped her. And so give you some encouragement for your students that struggle in these ways that there are some advantages that you can look for. So excited about that. But um, just as we are wrapping up, I want you all to know that we have launched a new community on a new platform that we own ourselves. So if you have been connecting with us on Facebook or on Instagram and all these other places, I want to encourage you to go over to um, empoweredhomeschool.org, which is our sister website, and um, and join our community there. It's brand new, and we also have some new um, live Q&A webinars with two of our team members, and they're going to be doing that every month, and we just bring all the questions that you have, and they're going to be helping you figure out personalized ways to, you know, help your student. Wonderful. Yeah. Lots of exciting things going. So, so yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us and Sherry, keep up the good work. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me tonight. It was great. It was a pleasure having you. All right. Oh, thank um, you. Freedom Mind says it's amazing. 
So, um, yep. Yep. Well, thanks for all for joining us and we'll see you again. Same. Well, not same time, but, uh, same day of the week. We'll be here on Tuesday again, but it'll be in the afternoon. So we'll see you all then. And, um, thanks again, Sherry. And have a great night, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.